Hi, guys, and welcome to another week of the Dr. Nurse Podcast. I'm your host, Sandra Pagenta, and today in the podcast, we have Sandra Payne, and she's an XRN and a master's certified holistic wellness trauma-informed coach. She's here to talk to us about her career journey and why she considers herself an XRN. I have always heard the saying, once a nurse, always a nurse. And we actually get into it on the podcast about why exactly she has to embrace this new title for her career. She's also the podcast host for In the Silence, which is a a platform where she talks about nurses, raw stories and realities of living life as a nurse and helping to inspire change and talking about tough aspects of nursing. She's also has a community group where she offers support for nurses to help not only just survive their careers, but also thrive in their nursing careers. So guys, I really hope you're going to enjoy the chat. We're going to talk about some really hard stuff. At first, when I was listening to it, I was like, I really want to make sure that I gave a balanced view of nursing because there's a lot of good things within the career of nursing. But I think for this episode today, we're going to focus in on some of the hard things, some of the things that are not as often talked about. And I hope you guys are able to get something from it. And again, just to hear that we believe that you don't have to stay here if you're unhappy in your career. So enjoy and let's hear from our first sponsor. I am so excited to tell you guys about the newest sponsorship between the Dr. Nurse Podcast and NP Hub. NP Hub is the leading NP preceptor and student connector business on the market today. They work with NP students that are struggling to find preceptors, locate and connect with local nurse practitioners in a variety of specialties. I know the CEO personally, and I can say that he and his team are passionate about helping students get the most out of their clinical rotations. And on the other side, NPs can earn up to $8,000 a year from precepting students. This can be extra money to fuel a kid's college fund or a really nice vacation. This is extra money you can make while you're already working. To learn what it takes to be an NP Hub preceptor, listen to the Dr. Nurse podcast unscripted episode with Krish, the CEO of NP Hub, where he describes exactly what you need to do in order to become a preceptor. And for nurse practitioner students that are looking for or can predict that they're going to need preceptors down the road in their schooling, check out NP Hub as a resource to help you finish up your education. Guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast and let's dive into today's episode. Hi, welcome Sandra. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's great to be here. Tell my listeners exactly how you see your job role. I briefly described it. Are you working as a nurse? And really what what it is you do for a living? Yeah, thanks. And so first I'll just make a correction there that I'm not a registered nurse. I, I am no longer registered with the college here. I live in British Columbia, Canada. And this year I decided not to renew my license. And for a whole lot of reasons, but it just, it was time. It was time for me to fully break the chains and step into into my practice in in just a much more free way without the confines of what 
sometimes nursing can create for us. I let go of my license, but I've been working as a coach now for about three years. And I took my training through the International Association of Wellness Professionals, which I'm working with them now as a master coach trainer. So I, I help to I help to train coaches who are coming into the wellness field. I talk about it all the time because I think it's a really beautiful transition for a lot of nurses who are looking to looking to shift out of traditional practice and, and create something of their own. I think holistic wellness is really what we all thought nursing was going to be. And, and so if, if that's something that sparks for people, it's the, the IWP is a really great place to, to explore that and to just to really expand on their, their knowledge and their skills with coaching and to helping people to really get to the root cause to create lasting change in their life and not just treat their illness, but really create health and wellness for them. So when I became a coach, I was just working with women. And, and then when 2020 hit, I was, I kind of felt like I was in the back seat and I was just watching things unfold and, and feeling like. I, I like there's something's gonna happen here like it, it it just I knew that there was something unfolding for me personally too and so I started working with an amazing brilliant coach her name's Megan Jo Wilson and she she had turned her, her her program online because of everything that was going on and so I had access to it because she's in the United States and and through that program I, I I really I I took the dive and I started to work with nurses because to be very honest I was not super keen on working with nurses. I felt I've experienced my own bullying in the profession. I have experienced some of the toxic, mm. toxic relationship and the toxic sort of like cutthroat competitive type of behavior in nursing. And I was like, I don't know if I really want to work with those people. Dive uh, yeah. but I really want to go back, but but I made the decision to to just give it a go. And the first workshop I did online, there was something like, I don't even remember, I think a thousand people roughly registered. And so it was like, holy crap, this is a need. And what's evolved from that really is like anybody that ever comes and attends things that I do, they, they usually say one of two things or both things. And one is that it feels so good to know that I'm a nurse and I get it, right? Because how many times do we talk to counselors or we talk to other people in our family or friends? People just don't get it. If they're not a nurse, it's really hard to understand what it is to be a nurse. It's not just passing out pills, of course, and like hanging medications and doing it's there's so much more to nursing and I don't think you can really get it until you've done it and the other thing people yeah. say too is like it's just so good to know that they're not alone because if there's another piece that is really prevalent in in the nursing culture it's a lot of fear and shame and so when people are struggling mm -hmm. we don't talk about it we don't seek help we don't talk to our colleagues we t we tend to and I'm not saying it's not everyone, of course, not, nothing ever is, but we tend to bottle things up and we want to be the strong nurse. We want to be the one that can handle it. We want to feel like we're cut out for this job. And if we are struggling, then yeah. something inside of us, we take it on and we're like, I'm weak. I'm not good enough. I'm, I'm not cut out for this. And so I experienced that myself. And so I'm, I'm really grateful that that comes back as a reflection, that it just feels so good to know that they're not alone in their struggles. And and as things have evolved with my work with nurses, I've created the program, like you talked about, called NurseRx. And so it's an online program. And then there's also the coaching community. So people can attend live sessions with me and the rest of the group. And there's just a real beautiful connection that happens with nurses that come into that space. And the foundation of it really is for me to create a safe container for these nurses, because there isn't a lot of safe containers in nursing to, to be able to actually talk about the realities and talk about our truth and how much we're struggling with different things. And, and then of course, just through my own practice and, and everything that I have learned and explored in my personal journey and, and just my education that I have taken, 
just to help people on a really deep level to deal with some of that shame and some of the trauma, as well as however many other symptoms and and things that people might be going through. I, I like what you're saying about having a safe space for nurses to come and talk about that stuff. Because one of the things I remember hearing in your podcast is that when nurses have this expectation that a patient dies or somebody has a traumatic event in a room and you're expected to pick right up and walk right back into the next room and just act like nothing ever happened. Huh, guys? And so there's this unrealistic expectation based on nurses, not only to just be perfect, but also to perform perfectly, right? So I think there's two elements of nursing, which is kind of hard. It's the customer satisfaction. How likable are you? You have to but then on top of all that, you then have to perform perfectly as the storms of the job are all around you. And the expectations that we place on nurses and nursing professionals and nurse practitioners and physicians is be okay and to move on and to don't process and just move. And what I'm finding in a lot of the research I've been doing about meditation, mindfulness, understanding the mind and the body connection is that what's going on up here is manifesting itself in the body. And a lot of nurses, especially the ones that I talk to on my podcast, have medical issues and thyroid and all these things that are happening to them that they're like, I had no idea that I was this sick or I had these problems. And I truly believe that what we end up experiencing on the job ends up manifesting itself through disease if it's not processed appropriately, if it's not processed with consideration to really what's going on inside of you and letting that release. It has to release. I have a toddler. My toddler has to release. It has a, He has a little like top that he needs to let his energy out. I think adults are really no different than children, even though we like to think we're so much more sophisticated than toddlers. I actually think toddlers are the true manifestation of what adults wish they could be, right? Which is undomesticated humans that you just act in feel however you feel because it's how you feel and why would I suppress that and so I think that if we did more of the crying if we did more of the again releasing that pressure valve on the instapot that just lets that pressure kind of move I think I think nurses need a safe space for that and I don't necessarily know what the job does for nurses which I remember zero it did nothing for us as far as processing what the trauma was what what do you offer nurses as far as the trauma is concerned to help them process and to be that release? Yeah, uh, it's next to giving myself whiplash here, like nodding with you as you were talking because it's just those things that you were saying. And and I think of I, I often talk about my own kids when I'm talking about self love and self trust and those and, and yeah emotional processing because they they just they don't have those filters they don't have those conditions that we create that are created in us and that we create over time and so they they just are free they're free and who doesn't want to be free I mean every single one of us wants to be free and so within this container so it's it's absolutely essential like it it's not a it's non negotiable if you want to heal deep, deep healing and, and particularly these deep rooted traumas. And, I, and I'm not necessarily always talking about big trauma when they say big T trauma, like the big situations that or events that would happen. But I'm talking about like this, these smaller events that that happen over time and that we, we often will dismiss and not really give the attention. Such to. A well, like like rejection, abandonment or feeling when something happens when you're in, in school as a as a teenager and 
and you want to fit in and you feel like you're not cool enough or you feel like you're fat. And shame is such a big part of that that's woven into all of those smaller traumatic events. And really mm -hmm. trauma is not about the event. It's about what happens inside of us on a physiological level that can create stuck energy in the body because yeah. of that whole yeah. that trauma response system that is on automatic. It's nothing that we necessarily are even aware of most of the time, mm. but we are constantly scanning our environment for threat. That's just what our nervous system does. And if it catches anything that makes us feel a threat or makes us feel hurt too. So if somebody says something, right, like the girls on the playground are saying like, oh, you're a loser. We don't want to play with you. Like that hurts. And so it creates a mm. wound inside of us. And anyways, I, I won't tangent too far into that, but, but in the group. So when, when I, it's absolutely essential for it to be a safe space for people to heal, because what happens with those wounds is we create guards, we create blocks because we don't mm. want to have to feel that again. Right. And so that kind of self-protection also blocks us from, from being vulnerable and from really healing. And so in order to be vulnerable, you have to, you have to feel safe, right? In order. So once we feel safe. Then we can start sharing what's deep and what's true inside of us. And we can, we can cry or we can scream or we can just talk about ugly, dark things that are, that sometimes percolate mm. inside of all of us and sure. And then not be judged and not be criticized and not be told that there's something wrong with you. And like, you need to be fixed, but instead have somebody like myself who facilitates a process through questioning. But really the bigger part of what I do is like holding space and not just empty space that's uncomfortable. It's this deep, compassionate space where, and everyone in the group is doing the same thing. Like they're all tuned in, like nervous systems locked on. And as someone else is sharing and the others are showing up and they're just witnessing and they're holding and they're in the chat, they're offering things or they're, you can tell like one is, they'll be holding their heart or something. There is something absolutely, I get shivers because it's, it's, magical what happens when we can come together and support each other mm. and just be for each other and i'm talking about a group of nurses who are not not they don't we not all believing the same thing not all on the same page as of everything in life they they come from different walks of life different belief systems and it doesn't matter it's like mm. that shit gets dropped at the door and they can just show up yeah. and hold that space for each other and that's what it's why i almost exclusively do group work because there is, I've facilitated, but really it's the group that does the magic and it's, it's absolutely wow. amazing. Yeah. It's, it's so good. That's incredible. So you do, you have the course material available, you have the community available, and then you have your podcast and you're, again, one of the things I like to focus in here at the, at the Dr. Nurse podcast is creating multiple streams, creating multiple things that we're involved in and I love that you also have the podcast, which is this platform for nurses to come and talk about their raw, touching stories and kind of heal through sharing mm -hmm. their stories of working at the bedside or different events that have happened in their career. What have you been seeing on the podcast that's kind of a different element to what you're doing in the coaching space? Well, what's really interesting, like if you think back years and years and years ago, there, there was always this like community of storytelling, right? Like there would be like these tribal kind of gatherings where people would sit around and they would share yeah. their stories. And there is something really, mm -hmm. there's something cathartic about sharing our stories. So there's a release that happens. There is healing that happens in sharing our stories and, and being witnessed and heard. Like I said, not judged or criticized, but just 
really having that space be held for them. But then there is also healing from the listener because of the isolation that comes with shame and that comes with trauma often. So oh the person goodness. that's listening is like, oh my God, the words are like coming right out of their mouth that I could be speaking. And, and when we hear that, it changes a chemistry inside of us where we can feel like I'm not alone in this. And the podcast really stemmed from being with these nurses and recognizing how much how much fear they had around speaking the truth and how much and how much shame really was held and so i wanted to create a space where nurses could come to share and i've had lots of nurses on the show but what what is still really common is nurses not comfortable sharing the truth because there is fear around being disciplined or being i mean we've had nurses here in our province who have been fined for sharing on social media that their unit is short-staffed. I mean, this is, it's a fact. It's short-staffed everywhere and they shared about it and were fined. There is legitimate fear in nurses speaking out because they have been shut down and they have been told that you're supposed to act and speak according to what we say. And if you don't, then, yeah. then you're going outside of that, that box that we want you to fit into and and you'll be disciplined. As much as I want to create the safe space, I, there's also this recognition that a lot of people won't speak out because of that fear. And so what seems to be kind of evolving this year is there's a whole new kind of stream of nurses that I've been interviewing of ones who have stepped into a much more empowered space in their own personal journeys and are saying like, they can tell me what they want to tell me, like as far as what I'm supposed to say or what I'm supposed to do. But they've branched off and they've most of them created their own kind of little either side practices or completely full yeah. practices and they're and they're distancing themselves from from this system that wants to control and recognizing that that's not that's not aligned with who I am. The devastation that is that is happening in this profession and in healthcare, or we could even call it healthcare, but we'll just call it that. The devastation that's happening is it's profound and we need to talk about it. We can't just pretend it's not happening because it's happening. And if we don't talk about it, then people won't feel safe to find help and support when they need it. I've, I've said like the ship is going down, like the our healthcare mm -hmm. system, like the ship is going down and we all feel it. So yeah. I'm not saying something that isn't, that's like news to people. If you're working in this or you're witnessing it at any level, it's going down. And so there's people that are like, abandoned ship, right? They're saying, I'm, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to step off. I'm going to go do my own thing. And I support those nurses. And I also support the ones who are staying on the ship who are like, this is, this is what I want to do. I want to create change. And I think there is a lot of potential for change, but it starts with ourselves. We can't be agents of systemic change if we are struggling in our own personal ways. I, I don't yeah. think how that's really realistic. Sandra, how did you get to this specific spot in your career? Because you didn't wake up one day and become this advocate for nurses to share their stories, right? You were you didn't start your career here. It started in one spot and you ended up here. So can you walk me through kind of where how you started your career and kind of from the the moment that you were like, all right, I'm a nurse, I'm doing my thing. And then how you've kind of evolved into this position that you're in now and doing what you're doing today. I've been a, a nurse. I apparently technically can't even call myself a nurse anymore. So the for 15 years. How do you? Well, apparently the college has like owns the word. And so if I'm not registered with them, then I can't call myself a nurse. So, I mean, I'm a, I have my degree in nursing and I have 15, so I call myself an XRN. And so, or that's why you wrote that. Yeah. I thought that was a typo <laughs> when you wrote that. I was like, nobody calls himself an XRN. Like once a nurse, always a nurse. Like that's, I, that's why. But at heart, 
Yes, at heart, we are all nurses. They, nursing is a part of who we are. I've come to this place and I'm like, they can tell me whatever they want to tell me and they can say whatever, but I, it's a part of who I am and, and it's not every piece of my identity either. So when I started nursing, it was like, this was not my end all be all goal in life. I was not like, oh, I can't wait to be a nurse. I, I was coming out of uni university and my mom said, you better ch pick something like you have to get a job. And so I was like, I don't know what I want to do. And she said, well, why don't you become a nurse? And I was like, okay. So I became a nurse and, <laughs> and I excelled at it. I, I won't lie. I did really well during school, aside from like the heavy bullying. And like, I, I didn't fit the mold though. That, that is something that was really clear early on. And then when I went into nursing, I, I went, worked with babies. I worked in the NICU and then I worked in the community. And I, I absolutely loved working in both, but the social aspects of the hospital and the, the, the moral conflict that I, I faced in the hospital was really a lot on my part. And then just witnessing death and it's just significant despair and devastation. It really affected me on a deep emotional level. And I did not have the tools and the resources to process it. And I didn't, so I didn't know how, so I didn't do anything with it. Yeah. And then, so it just built up and built up and built up until I eventually left and I went into the community and it was like, it was better because hours were better. The job wasn't as devastating. But again, that moral distress kept showing up for me. It's like, I would want to do something. I would, I'm, I'm like, you have a toddler. So if you ever watch the robots movie, it's like, see a need, fill a need. That's me. I'm like, see a need, fill yeah. a need. Like this, I think we should be doing this because this is what I see happening. And I think we should do this about mm -hmm. it. And then it was like, no, no budget, right? All the, all the reasons why we couldn't do things. And so it was like this internal struggle of everything that I wanted to do for people was like, there was a lid put on it. And then after I came back from my last mat leave, like he's going to be five this year. And I, gosh, I was, I, I had this really difficult time and like everything. Wait, how long do you guys have in Canada for maternity leave? Oh, we get, like, get a like... year. Yeah. A year. So yeah, I know. I know. I wanted to bring that up. I should, as you should, hunger with that. And actually, they changed it. We can we can take eighteen months now. You don't get it fully paid, but you can take eighteen months and come back to your job. So just gonna put that out there. But yeah. So when I was coming back, though, I I was like this internal struggle was like really really at the forefront because it was very clear to me that this was not where I should be going because I had already been doing my own work I'd struggled with depression for most of my life and I had really started to dig into this as we were mentioning before like the mind body connection doing a lot of like different somatic therapies and and allowing myself to feel for like the first time in my life and and I was at such a better space and then go so I did go back but it was one of my first shifts in the clinic and I was in a room with a doctor and the doctor was just like just being awful to this patient who just wanted to ask questions who just wanted to understand and then had a panic attack because I was like this, with the patient there yeah this is and I was like this is not where I need to be and I, and I never went back after that I never saw another patient with a physician after that day I did my own stuff they sort of like had me do side work on like on our cardiac rehab program, but I never went back to like clinical nursing after that. What you were doing. Yeah. It just, wow. it, it was, it was so obvious before. And then I dismissed it. I was like, no, I should go back. And I went back and my body was like, no, this is not for you. And, and so that was a really, that was a big turning point for me because I realized I can't go back. So I got to do something different. And I had already been starting into my coaching. 
So it was like Mm. divine timing, the way everything evolved as it always is. And I started really sinking myself into my, my coaching practice. And what I realized is like, this is, this is a way that I can, I, I can dissolve that moral distress because if I see a need, I feel the need. So I don't have anything in my way anymore, except for me. And so if I can do the work to get out of my own way, I can do whatever I want and I can help people in really, really profound ways that I think we all need to be helped. And I'm saying that like from my own perspective too, like I needed that kind of help too. I needed someone to really be there for me and to facilitate me through like deep experiences or or practices that helped me to access my body and helped me to feel and to move through these different painful experiences. And I didn't even have any idea about like inner child or inner critic type of work before I became a coach. And and now those are big things that I deal with or like trauma triggers, yeah. navigating stress and feeling, dealing with our emotions. And so it's, it's just been, it's really fascinating and exciting. And I mean, I, I love my life. My life is amazing. I, I have flexibility. I don't start my day till 10. Like I, I can take off when I want to be off and I don't have anybody telling me how to do my job and I can really help people. And that's why I was in the beginning talking about the IAWP, because I think if nurses are really struggling with that moral distress, which I think so many are, it quite likely mm-hmm. like the, the the biggest contributing factor to to burnout. And that if they're thinking about how could I how could I change? How could I shift into something new and, and yeah. show up and serve people in the in the ways that I want to, that coaching is a really amazing avenue for that. So So what I love about what you're describing is you are talking about making lasting change. And I think what a lot of nurses are starting to feel, at least I'm starting to feel this in my career, is how are we really helping people? Because we have certain guidelines that we have to follow. And if we don't follow the certain guidelines and you're considered malpractice, and so you're not able to really do certain things, if you actually believe that maybe some of the problems and some of the issues that somebody might have might be not so cut and dry. It could be something deeper. It could be the soul screaming out from a physical manifestation. And so I really like that what you're able to do with your business is you're able to have a level of autonomy in what you believe can truly help create change for people and lasting change. And I know that it hasn't just been this easy moment of like, well, I just stepped into it and here there's been highs, there's been lows. Has there been a moment, a challenge that you really had to overcome something to say, Sandra, this is it. This is where the rubber meets the road, where you can really say this is when you had to believe in yourself to take that dive and to really commit all in to your business. Because that's what I really want nurses to hear is that your side hustle can be this space where you can be free and you can really let yourself create and do whatever it is that you're wanting that you feel like helps the world best. You don't have to be just confined to the protocols at your job or the standing operating practice at your job or just the guidelines that you've been taught that the American Neurologic Society says that you've got to follow. No, this is my space. This is my lane. And when you're able to grow that and cultivate these things, that's really when you start operating out of your passions and your strengths. And you can, you could sometimes end up turning that into a business. And that can be the thing that actually fuels what ends up becoming your nursing 
side hustle job. You can turn your nursing job into your side hustle job and be doing the thing that you really love. Describe to me a a challenge you had to overcome in this process because I know it hasn't always been easy. It has not been easy. Lots of stuff was coming into my head as I was listening to you talk there. And I, I think actually, just in addition to that, we are in a time in history where we have an opportunity to step into our lives in the fullest capacity. And as nurses, I think we are, we are primed to be the leaders of the kind of healthcare system we want. It makes me emotional. The kind of healthcare system we want to see. And we cannot continue giving away our power and just putting our heads down and pretending that things aren't as bad as they are. I mean, there's, I'm not saying there's so many people fighting, 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 but I came to this place just in the last couple of weeks, actually, of being like, I'm done fighting. I'm done. It's not changing anything. It's time to say, if this is what you want, then you can have it. But I'm done creating the kind of healthcare system that we want to see, that we would want to experience, that we would want our family members to experience and our friends Mm -hmm. and allowing us to really step into our our dharma, if you will, or like our... What's dharma? Hey guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. I hope you're enjoying the conversation. I want to take a second to remind you guys to join the Dr. Nurse Podcast email list. Weekly, I send out emails about podcast episodes, blogs I'm creating with information about nursing, motherhood, finance, health and wellness, how to build side hustles. It's all there. I want to provide nurses with information that I'm gleaning as I grow my business and my podcast. And now I have to tell you guys about today's sponsor. The Dr. Nurse Podcast is sponsored by The Network Nurse. You guys know that I love Savannah Arroyo and her whole team at The Network Nurse. I've actually had her on my podcast, so check out her episode if you're wanting to know more about her and what she does. Her net worth nurse team is on a mission to empower nurses to take control of their net worth. The net worth nurse is an educational site where nurses come together to learn about wealth building strategies. Their website has blogs, instructional downloads, video courses on real estate and investing, personalized coaching, and an interactive and growing community of like-minded individuals. The Net Worth Nurse has everything you need to grow wealth. Be sure to check them out in the links in my show notes, and let's get back to the conversation. Dharma essentially is the understanding that each of us here on Earth is put here for a reason, and we each have unique needs and unique gifts and expression of those gifts. Mm. We each have unique gifts and an expression of those gifts and when we match those when we match expressing our gifts to meet our own unique needs that creates the spark of affluence abundance living in passion feeling excitement for your life alignment flow like all the things that freedom and so i mean it's a concept it's like it's a it's a concept to strive for but it doesn't mean it's like the easy path otherwise we'd all already be freaking on the path but it's hard. Sure. What what it makes us face is everything I've faced in my own journey of, be, of doing this business and, and even before of like our own personal stuff. So if I want to put myself out there, right, I have to face all of my internal beliefs about being an imposter or not being good enough or being not pretty enough or not smart enough or all the ways that I live with my own shame. I have to face that. And I have to face my own trauma in order to create and in order to live in alignment with where it is that I want to go 
And it's not mm-hmm. that I, that I think can even have a pre, like a, a really clear pin in the map of where we're all going. Like we can have ideas and we can have like strengths and we can have sort of somewhat goals, right? Of course, those are important. We need to know where we're going, but it might not be completely clear. Like you might not know exactly what it is that you want to create, but as you start, and this is what I do in my program, like this is such a huge part of what I coach through is, a, is helping people to tap in to what feels right, like understanding what yes feels like for you in your life so that when you have a decision Mm -hmm. in front of you, like does going to work every single morning make you feel yes? Does it make you feel excited and expanded and like you're in the flow you feel like you're just on? Is that what it makes you feel like? Then that's your body saying, this is awesome. This is for you. You're waking up every morning, like dread, contraction, heaviness, low mood, just feeling all that negativity. Mm -hmm. That's your body saying no. No, this is not for you. So the the more we continue to put ourselves in no, the more our body is going to respond in a way to try to get our attention, which is where you'll find what, like you were saying, like the physical manifestations of our stress and our pain and our emotional repression and all of that. So we, we, I don't know where I was going with that, but we just, we were talking about these things that you had to deal with on your own, your own issues are the things that you had to overcome in order to start your business and to do the things that you're doing. I don't know if I'm... Yes, no, you're right. Yeah, that's, totally. that's what I'm hearing. Yeah, and in order to continue it too, because every time, oh, well, honestly, every time it feels easy, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go with this flow because I know that something is going to come. And it's not like a doomsday type of perspective. It's that I know that there is lots within me still that needs to be healed. And so when stuff is triggering or stuff is showing up, it's not like, oh, here we go again. I mean, sometimes I might feel like that in the moment, but really it's an opportunity anytime. So like if we're hating our jobs to start to look at it as like, what is being reflected to me here? Like what is trying to be revealed Mm -hmm. that is not in alignment with my highest purpose or my passion or like why I am here on this earth? Like, do I want to, this is an exercise I love doing with my clients. It's the very last one, but it's like, reflecting on our life and being like, what kind of, do you want to have regrets on your last day? Do you want to be laying in that bed or wherever you are thinking, oh, I should have, I should have done this. Like, oh, I had that idea. It would have been so fun. I should have gone with it. Like, this is, this is it. Like this, the time is now. The time is not. Yeah. And and I I really feel that Sandra in the energy right now in our world, this is the time. Like this is the time. If you're feeling a spark for anything different, this is the time. And there are people like you and I and so many others who are out there helping to support and to guide and to help people to navigate what that looks like Mm -hmm. and how to make it through all those hurdles. So yeah. Yeah, that is so good. Man, I love that. And (laughs) again, everything you just said just really aligns with finding what you're passionate about, quieting the soul, something that I talk about all the time that like a lot of nurses describe when they got away from the job, they took a hiatus or a leave of absence and they got alone with themselves. Then all of a sudden something like came to the surface, like, oh, this would be kind of cool. I'm going to start this project. And then the project like goes viral and they're like, what? Like, and so it's through creating margins, through creating space, through allowing yourself to actually hear what your heart and your soul is wanting that you're able to find maybe what you're describing as dharma. I, I believe it's your calling in life. I believe it's the thing that God's put in your heart that you're supposed to be doing. I just think that in general, we can plan our steps and that the Lord directs our paths. And so 
we don't know what that path is. But if we aren't in tuned, if we're not in sync with whatever it is that you call your higher power, then you don't figure out what you were placed on this earth here to do. I have very specific things that I'm called to do that I'm good at. And by being afraid, working on the floor, trying to fit in, trying to be a, a square peg in a round hole or a brown peg in a square hole, whatever, whatever your issue is, by you not doing the thing that you were meant to do, you are stopping yourself from living your life at the fullest. And that might be scary. That might be you having to sit alone with yourself, like you said, and look and say, I don't think I'm pretty enough. I don't think I'm smart enough. I don't think I, all the different things you have to process through, do that work and then move with intention and move with passion towards the thing that you feel you're being called to do. Because if you look back on your life, you're going to regret a thousand things more that you didn't do than the things that you gave it a shot and you failed. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, I gave it a shot, started a podcast. It was garbage. Nobody listened to it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, at least you can look back and not go, wish I would have had a podcast sometimes. Yeah. No, give it a shot. Get out of here. Get talking. So I love that. I love that that's your 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 thing that you had to overcome. And anybody help you along the way? Have you had any mentors? Because it's one of the things that I found in nursing that's lacking is really nurses really reaching out to one another and encouraging one another. I hope to create more of that conversation of go do you boo-boo. But if you don't have somebody that's there in your corner, did you? Did you? Did anybody come alongside you in your career? As, as a nurse, like, no. I think there were people that I, that were helpful, but someone that I, that I would call like a mentor as a nurse, no. Or even like, would I have had someone? And I didn't. I didn't have someone I could turn to when I was really in the weeds and really struggling. There was like a, a year period in the NICU where we had a lot of losses and some really tragic stuff. And, and, and that's that, I mean, it still is on my part. I've done a lot of work with it, but it still is on my part. And I don't think it'll ever leave, but, but I didn't really have people I could turn to. And so, I mean, it's a part of what I say now too, when I'm talking to nurses, it's like, I didn't know where to go. I didn't know where to turn or who to talk to. And so I don't, mm -hmm. I don't want anyone else to ever feel that way. So if you are in that place, like I'm like, I'm right here. I'm right here. I'm, I'm, make, I'm taking the guesswork out for you. I'm standing right in front of you. You asked for help and here I'm standing right here. And so it's the same thing with you, like doing, doing this work and that. doing the podcast. It's like, it's, yeah, I think about mentors now as a coach. I've had a lot of people come into my life that have been really amazing teachers and people that I can turn to. And, and actually maybe what I would consider a mentor now is like some of my peer colleagues who are doing similar work and who we turn, we turn to each other. And because we know what we came from, we know what we're moving toward. We're all somewhat moving in a very similar direction, essentially to align our lives, live our passion and live our dharma or whatever you want, whatever you want to call it. And those people, it's, it's, it's really fun to connect with those people. And like we mentor each other because mm -hmm. we get it and on so many levels and can really inspire each other. So I, I know that I did a whole episode. Well, it wasn't the whole episode on mentorship, but a big part of it was, and it's, it's something that's needed. We need to have, we all need to have a safe place to, to turn when we're feeling ugh, all the things, all the things, the sadness, yes. the fear, everything. Agreed. Yeah. So Sandra, I have two questions that I typically do not ask, but I wanted to ask specifically because of your trauma experience and what I believe has been probably the most traumatic year for nurses. This has been traumatic two years, just been trauma. Like it's like, can't even, I can't even, I don't even watch the news. It's too much trauma. I can't, I can't. So what is one thing that you would tell a nurse that she can do today 
to start the healing process for herself. And it could be anything. I mean, it can, trauma literally comes from anywhere. It could just be a bad job, right? You have a mean boss, you're getting bullied. It could be, I don't like what I'm doing. I don't feel like I'm in my, in my calling. It could just be like, I can't handle what's going on with being children, right? Like it's literally coming at us from every angle. And it's one of those things that I felt like hearing from someone who is trauma trained in, in wellness and, and for nurses, what is something that a nurse can do today, right now, letting go of unrealistic expectations? Is it something that you, is there, is there like a, I know there's no quick hack, but if there's one thing that you could just do a flyby, drive by, this is one thing I say do, what would you say? That is, it's a huge question. And because you're right, it's not just a quick, it's not a quick fix. And that's a reality that I think we have to face is that if we want to create change, if you're struggling, if you're waking up in the morning and feeling like another day, like, or at the end of the day, like, oh, I made it, I made it through. Like, if that's what you're celebrating, it's like, oh, I, I made it through another day. Like, but I don't, I don't know if there's, I don't know if there's a great answer. I think what's coming to me is like, each of us, like, go look in the mirror right now and ask yourself, like, is this it? Like, is this how you want to spend your life? Is, is this it? And I, it takes that bold, honest truth to sometimes slap us into reality of like, I got to do something different here. Like I got to do something. Maybe it's reaching out to, to a support person. Maybe it's talking to somebody about what's happening. Maybe it's starting a meditation class. Maybe it's going to yoga. Like it could look different. I like to think that people listening, if you're struggling, you're looking in the mirror and you're saying, I, this is not what I want. Like this, I, I know I'm meant for more. I know that my life is meant to feel different that you will feel comfortable reaching out to me and to you and to anybody else out there who is putting themselves out there saying it doesn't have to be like this. You don't have to continue. I don't believe we were meant to come here to struggle. I think some struggle is necessary for us to wake up and to see where we need to create change, but I don't think we're meant to, to suffer. Like, I think the suffering yeah. is just created out of all of the, all of our personal trauma, our generational trauma, our collective, our cultural trauma, all of it. And the fear that has been fed into us, like spoon fed some of us from the time we were born. And I, I just, if, if I could have one like practical thing would be to imagine yourself 10 years from now, looking back and you can even sit and close your eyes and imagine this. Like, so for me, I mean, I'm turning 40 this summer. So in 10 years from now, I'll be turning 50. I can imagine myself sitting in my recliner chair upstairs, which is where I sit every single evening. I got my journal, I got my tea and asking that version of you 10 years from now, I mean, I got a, I have a 21 year old kid at that point. And just imagine what your life looks like then so that you can really put a picture to that version of you and ask her or him for some advice for like, what should I do differently? Is this, is this what we should be doing to tap into versions of us, even the exercise that I was talking about is, is actually an 80 year old version or a hundred year old, year old version of us and ask her, like, what is the advice that she wants to give to you at this point in your life? Cause I tell you, she's gonna, she's got no, she's not gonna dance around your feelings and like not want to say the wrong thing. She's going to tell you how it is. Cause she's like, Hey, like life doesn't last forever. So what do you want to do with your life? Is this what you want? Yes. You want to hate? Yes. But yes. I just, oh my gosh, I think the start, lot of it. Stop, start with the truth. I think it has to start with yourself because you can't control what's going on around you. 
And I think that's the part that is getting to be a little overwhelming is that people are looking around and they're just like, I can't control what's happening around me. And again, we never really could. I think yeah. there's this expectation that we think we can. Yeah. And I think we're noticing more and more that the world is just spinning faster and faster. And the only person that you have absolutely 100% control over is yourself. And so what I love what you're describing is looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, am I the kind of person that I want to be? Is this the kind of life that I want? Because this is all that I can control is what I choose today and how I begin to operate out of this space today and making those choices that are going to be leading me either towards that person I want to become or leading me away from that person that I want to become. And I love thinking about yourself at the end because beginning with the end in mind is one of the only places that you can go to work back from. Like working, this is, this is who's the kind of person I want to be. Who's the kind of, what, what is the kind of thing I want to be doing? And then working back from now, how do I get myself there? And, and it, oh, sorry. go ahead. This is just like something no, I love talking about. And it's like, and it's scary. So we can't pretend like you're, I don't imagine you're going to go look in the mirror and you're going to have this heart to heart and you're probably going to cry and you're probably going to be pissed off and you're probably going to have this. Like, you're probably going to be upset if you're not living in alignment. You're probably going to be upset when you look at yourself and you ask for the honest truth. It's true. And then when we look forward, it's overwhelming. It's like, okay, I'm in this space right now. How do I change it? Where do I go? What do I do? And the fear and the over the shame and everything, it just comes this huge cloud that becomes over you. And that's where you need to find support. Because I can't tell you, I, I didn't, I didn't do this journey on my own. I, the, the day that I mm -hmm. spoke my truth to myself and I admitted it out loud to somebody else who held space for me and just allowed me to speak it. And I was just like, I don't, I don't like my life. Like I have everything that I thought I wanted. I have a, a home. I have children. I have a husband. I have, I have a good job. I have everything that I was told I needed to have to have a good life. And I feel like every day I feel miserable. I wanted to run. I wanted to leave my family is how awful I felt inside because I was desperate for something to change. And so when I spoke that out loud, it just allowed, it allowed me to like breathe for the first time in a long time. And it opened the door because all it takes is one degree shift and you can open up to a whole new world. So don't expect that everything is going to be laid out. Like as soon as you become honest, that it's just going to start laying out all yeah. the steps perfectly yeah, for you. Good. You you still are going to have to go through it, but that's where you you need every single one of us needs to have people in our corner, people who are maybe a step ahead or people that can link arms with us to help us along the way. And support is essential. We are wired, literally wired. Our nervous systems are wired for connection, connection and community and, and community. Yes. It's mm -hmm. like we, we need each other. And your yes. idea that you might oh, be so small yeah. and insignificant can become something that just lights your soul on fire and opens your heart and creates a life where you are living with no regrets. And and that's the hard part. It's just the first step is. But, and I think that community aspect, I think nurses have, have liked to pretend that we could be lone islands. We like to pretend that, oh, I got my patients, five patients. And it's really like, no, I have hopefully a whole floor of nurses that like all walk around and are like, hey, do you need help? How can I help you? Where can I come in? And 
I knew that I needed that stuff and that I needed somebody walking around and checking on me and that I needed to go be that person to others. And I feel like in society, especially now with so much division over vaccine, don't vac, get away, stay socially distanced, get close. Nope. Got to get far. Nope. We all quit. Everybody. It's just like everything is being so polarized and what it's really causing is a lack of community for especially for nurses, but just as a country, as a as a nation, as a global entity, we are not moving towards each other, and yet we need each other. And there is nothing wrong with saying, "I need friends, I need community, I need people in my life." There is nothing wrong with that. We are made from the time that we are born to need someone. And it actually makes me a little emotional because I, I, I don't think someone's saying this. I don't think people are saying we need other people. You, and like they, they showed like people that were in nursing homes that their family stopped visiting them and how much they aged in just a short period of time. I've seen those videos and it's like, gosh, just withdrawing community actually ages us. It actually starts to degrade our souls and our cells and our body. I love what you said. And I, I want to really just sit on that for a second, that you need people. You need support. You need people to get in the trenches with you because newsflash, we're all in the trenches, just some other phase, kind of like what you said, like, okay, so I'm not getting bombed today, but the bombs come tomorrow. For the last question of the podcast, because I could literally talk about that all day. What advice do you have for a new nurse starting off in her career that you wish you would have heard in the beginning of your career. If you could go back and give yourself Sandra, little Sandra, which by the way, what's your middle name? Because like, that's kind of like, a, do you have a middle name? Eileen. Eileen. Okay. I'm Yvette, Sandra Yvette. So I think it's always interesting like to hear someone's middle name whenever they have my first name, first name. Okay. Anyway. So what is something that you would go back to little Sandra? She's starting off in her career. And I think you started your career at 25. I feel like I listened to a podcast episode. You said something about that or I watched a YouTube video. Yeah, that at 25, you started your brand new career that you could go back and tell her as you're approaching 40. You're like, this is what's up, sister. Don't forget it. A piece of advice to toss and a piece of advice to hold on to. Yeah. Oh, that's an interesting way of putting it. I was just thinking of like, if I were to say to that younger version, it's like, this is all happening for a reason because I don't, I wouldn't be able to do the work I do today. I would. I don't know what I'd be doing because nursing paved the way for that. So uh, as much as it took from me and was hard and hurt me on like a mental, emotional and physical level, it, it gave me the experience and it gave me the way that I am able to connect with other nurses now. And I don't, I don't need to continue for my own personal journey. I don't need to continue in nursing because I think that was what was meant for me out of it. I do. I I feel so fully, just so deeply believe that this is, this is the path for me. And I don't know what it's going to look like over the years. It'll evolve and change for sure as the world evolves and change and as I do. But I would tell her that it's okay. But if I were to give advice, like I, cause I used to, and the reason I say that is because I think had I had someone asked me that maybe a couple of years ago, I might've said like jokingly, like, don't do it. Like it's brutal. Why would you put mm -hmm. yourself? I think of new nurses coming in and I'm like, why, why would you, why would you come into this profession at this time? Like it's, it's so toxic. There's like, it's falling apart mm -hmm. and people are dropping off like mass numbers. And, but I look at it now and I'm like, 
no, I needed to do this. This was a part of my story. And so, but for new nurses coming in, I want you to hear this so super clear. Find community, find support because it is hard and it does take a lot from you and they don't prepare us for it in school. They don't talk about moral injury. They don't talk about trauma. They don't talk about what we need in order to thrive in this profession, not just survive, which is what I've recently, I'm changing my Facebook group, which is called Surviving Nursing, but I'm changing it to Thriving in Nursing because I don't want people to merely just survive. If you're choosing this profession and you're choosing to stay on this sinking ship, I want you to be able to thrive. And that requires us to do the inner work and to have support and community like you're talking about. It's, it's essential and a safe community too, not just anybody. It, it, it needs to feel safe for us. So all the new nurses and, and honestly, any nurse that's out there, it's like f- find your tribe and find people that can be there for you and can, can guide you and help you heal and become the fullest version of yourself because this is our shot. This is it. Like, even if you believe in reincarnation and we're going to come back and get another spin, this is your chance in this, in this life. Like, this is my only shot as Sandra Payne. So I really want to make the best of it. I don't want to waste it. I don't go away. Yeah. Go home. Exactly. And it's not that it's not scary. Like there's risk involved. There's facing really hard choices. It's, it is scary. I mean, I've made even in the last Mm. few months, like some really scary decisions that have turned in really, really difficult ways that I've had to face some really awful stuff. But through it all, like my, the work I've been doing on myself and everything that I've learned over the years has helped me to weather this storm that I most recently had gone through. It was like, I know that this is happening for a reason. I know that I'm going to learn something out of this. I know it's going to evolve into the greatest thing. So I have to just be here, sit in the muck of it because it's mucking for a reason. So anyways, I, you know, I, I could totally go on and I love thing. all these things. If you're a nurse that you're like, okay, wait, these, these ladies are talking and like they've had time and they've done the work and they processed through everything and they're being bold eyes that like, we didn't start here. Like both of us started someplace else and it was through being in your spot, right where you are right now today, that we made a choice and we decided we were going to do something different. When you get to that spot of it's time to change, then you begin to start to move the rudder on a very, very big ship. And that begins to change your life. And so I wanted to be encouraging like here that we were there. All of us are in that spot that you're in right there. And then we decided we're going to choose different today. We're not going to choose to just get up and do the same thing again. We're going to choose different. And so, yeah, I love that. I, I love that word picture of just pivoting and just going, nope, I'm not choosing that today. Just one and degree. Like, yeah. in this direction. And just one just degree. One degree. That's it, does, it. it. It opens. It's, if you can imagine that ship, right, you turn that rudder just a little bit, it's going in a whole different direction. And so it doesn't need exactly. to be everything at once. I do this visualization called, I just call it the journey through the canyon of hope. And I, and I envision people at the edge and this is that edge where you're like, you're looking in the mirror and you're saying like, I don't, this is not what I want anymore. I want to do something different. And you look out and it's like this steep, scary canyon and it's overwhelming. You're like, I don't know how I'm going to get through all this. I don't even know where I'm going. I don't know how to get there or, or even like any of it. It's overwhelming and it's scary. And I get that because I've been there. Like I've been on literal edges in my life, wanting to end my Mm. life. Like I have been there 
And I'm here to say that it's not like it's about the journey. It's not the destination because I wouldn't have been able to say six years ago where I was going when I first started, when I first decided I'm doing something different. Like, so maybe I was going this way first. It was like this degree, then this degree. And now it's like a complete 180 where I'm not even going Uh, in the direction of like experiencing the kind of depression and emotional overwhelm and the shame that I used to go through. It's like everything has shifted, but it's taken me to pull one degree shifts over time. So yeah, yeah, it's it's so good, Sandra. I think what like people in is this hopelessness, right? Like, and that's why I call it the journey through the Canyon of Hope, because when you feel a spark of hope, and that's what I hope to that's what I hope to be for people is like, mm. if if I can do it, I'm I'm no different than you. If I can do it, you can do it. Like I'm not here and you're not here sharing our stories to to say like I'm special and unique and you have to suffer and I don't. I'm saying if I can do it, so can you. Like that's the hope is to inspire the the belief that it's possible for you. This has been an amazing conversation. And for the last part of the episode, it's the rapid fire questions. And they're just three really fast questions that I don't let people prepare prepare for. To you, what's the best age to be? The best age is right now. I've never Mm, felt better than I do right now. I love it. And what's your favorite board game? Oh, right now I kind of dig Clue. Clue? And tell me what your favorite color is. Purple. Purple. That's right. It's a living room website. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Got it. All right. Well, that's it for the podcast. Thanks for coming on and chatting, Sandra. It was such a good time. Mm, Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for just bringing this conversation to the world. I think it's so important. So that's a wrap. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode and leave me a review. If you like the show, I would love to get five stars. The Dr. Nurse podcast is on the World Wide Web, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Patreon, and TikTok. Subscribe to my newsletter for updates on new podcast episodes and other information to help you on your own nursing journey. You can always message me at the Dr. Nurse podcast at gmail.com with any career professions that you are interested in hearing about. And just a friendly reminder, the information on this podcast is for educational purposes only, and the information should not be used in substitute for professional care by a medical provider. The information in this podcast does not represent medical or professional advice or services. Gym, mama, bye. Bye, mama. Bye.